Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Thursday afternoon, and I'm going to do another Tefillah podcast. At the solicitation, the very kind solicitation of Mishpachas Stavansky. So it's very nice that they wanted me to do something on um, Davini itself, not only the history of Sidurin. So uh, this is Parsha Shoftim this week. So therefore the most appropriate one is the paragraph in the Shem Nasre called and so forth. First of all, step back for a second. The Jewish people are described in that chapter as an extreme depression. That's just very interesting. Because you say, Remove from us Yoga I have to tell you the truth. You have to be a sensitive person to feel Yoga because of the Matzah of Kal Yisrael. Most, we've been in Gaul so long, people don't, don't feel that way. You know, some do, but usually not. That's just interesting. But let me speculate on it here. And I'll tell you why. It's such an interesting paragraph. I don't think people pay much attention, but interesting paragraph, because you always ask yourself, um, when are these things composed? Now, we don't know. The Gemara would seem to sound, make it seem that, you know, it goes back to Bayashani, post-Bayashani, uh, the Gemara and Megillah, you know, why they put this bracha first and that bracha that. But to me, it sounds like a post-facto situation. It's an agadita, so to speak. Um, Really, they they come out earlier. Now I can't help but surmise. Now this is a total guess. Obviously, obviously goes without saying I could be wrong. But having done that, let me share. Let me fantasize. When I see different brachas, some for um, uh, what shall I say, for um, who a king, like a Tzemach David, others for uh, Jerusalem, others for this. So Hashiva Shotanik Roshan is very striking because it doesn't represent the monarchical interest. You're asking for a turn of judges. Now it sounds like let me put it this way. That's where we are now. Are we not in an era of judges? I mean we don't have kings. We have basins. So what does it mean? It sounds much more, does it not? Now I repeat this again is probably wrong, but I just have this feeling in the Kishkas. This is an ancient text. I mean, really ancient, that goes back to the time of the Shoftim, that fits the best, or more exactly, in my opinion, to the time of Bayashani, when you had bad kings. It fits like a glove. Like I say, it's a guess. <clears throat> what am I talking about? Anybody knows a little bit of Tanakh knows that first you had the Shoftim, and then it switched to a king in the Book of Shemuel. Uh... When the people, you, you will remember this, this is in Shmuel Aleph, I think, chapter 9, 10, something like that, 8, 8 actually, that um, when the people said we want a king, Shmuel is very miffed, and he criticizes them, and Hashem said they rejected me, not you, meaning they're rejecting Hashem, and Shmuel says you're making a big mistake if you ask for a king, and he gives a whole speech about if you have a king, he'll take your children away for slaves, and 
your property and all this kind of stuff will be a tyrant. And as you all know, um, you'll come to regret it. So Shmuel says, today, right now, I'm giving you a last chance to back off. Okay? I'm giving you a chance to back off. Uh, it was a dumb request. Okay. Best thing is to say, you know, we changed our mind. We'll, we'll keep the way it is. With, with, with people like you, O Prophet Samuel, who is a judge and not a king. Shmuel Hanavi. Shmuel HaShofet. Because Shmuel was a Shofet. He wore two hats. He's a Novi and a Shofet. The two don't necessarily go together. He led the Jewish people in his own way, not through battles the way Yiftach did or something, or Shimshim. He did it his way. Um, and so Shmuel says, don't ask for a king. And you will regret it. And it even says, you'll end up being his slaves. Sonchem Yasor, Vatem Think about that. Atem Now you are free men and women. You don't have to pay no taxes because there's no government to pay taxes to. You don't have to worry about your property. Nobody's out there. But when you'll give a king, it'll be a new story. And he goes on to say, When you get a king, and all my prophecies about his tyranny take place, then you'll cry out, You'll cry out to the Lord because of the king that you've chosen, but Hashem won't listen. And God will not answer you that day. That's a shot that I'm giving you one last chance. Because if you really ask for it, I'm going to do the worst thing I can do for you, which is to fulfill your wish. Sometimes somebody wishes for something, and it's really bad to be better if it didn't happen. So if I really hate you, I say, you know something? I'll be making your wish. You'll see that your wish was the author of your own misfortune. Now, it didn't matter. The Jewish people said we want a king anyway. And they got one. Now, later on, I think in 12, pair 12, Shmuel says to them, after Shaul has his first victory over Nochash Amoni, I believe, and Shmuel gives him a whole speech, and the speech is, uh, Let's go through Jewish history and you'll see how great God was for you. Now, in spite of the fact that God was so good to you, you saw an attack from the enemy, and they said, We want a king. But God is your king. So there you have those words. To ask for a human king is kind of embarrassing Hashem. Hashem is the king. Now, Therefore, Shmuel was saying, you're making a terrible mistake getting a king instead of a judge. And when the king is ruling, he's the king and not Hashem. Now you can take that figuratively because King Saul was a firm guy. Or you can take it literally. A lot of the kings, most of them, went off the derech and led the people off the derech. Don't you think that this paragraph fits like a glove that from Jews were saying get Let's say smack in the middle of the Bayesian period, when you king like Achav or Menashe or Ammon or Achaz or one of these type of guys, and the people were groaning under the tyranny, under the heavy taxes, under extreme social injustice. 
such as you read in the book of the prophets under the um, hopelessly corrupt judicial system the judges were so doggone corrupt it didn't even this is disgusting it didn't even cost a lot to pervert the justice Bishlam, if you told me rule in my favor I'll give you 10 million bucks very few people can resist that 10 million bucks but for a pair of sneakers for <laughs> Anibav you get it means they had zero morals. This was the situation. Now, theoretically, the king is responsible for the judiciary because he appoints the judges. And indeed, if you look, um, I'm just going by memory, in Zivri you find, I'm just flipping the page over here, Yoshafat, at one point after a narrow escape with death, Yoshafat, you know, the Battle of Roma's Gilad, Yoshafat, um, what do you call it? He tries to appoint good judges. Right? Uh, here it is. Vayamit Shoftim Ba'aretz B'cholar Yehuda Vayamr L'Shoftim This is the king. Now this is a from king which was the exception of the rule. This is Yehoshavit Melch Yehuda in Devayamim 2 chapter 19. Vayamr L'Shoftim Right? And he says, I told you, he Hashem does none of that business. Okay? Now, um, let's put it this way. That's mentioned, this is sad, because it's saying, it's a news item, that the king told the judges they have to be this they have to be honest. I mean, you take of course they do. Not really. It's so unusual that it was mentioned in the Bible. <laughs> you have to know how to read between the lines. If they make a big deal about the king telling the judges to be honest, Now, that means if I were living or you were living in time of Bias Risham, on one of these bad kings, and if I was suffering from the corrupt judiciary and all the other stuff that goes along like him. I say, oh, what a mistake our great-great-grandfathers made when they asked for a king. And the social injustice characterized by the corrupt judges and and plenty of other pesukim in Yeshayahu, Yermio, and elsewhere. So, the public out there is really screwed over. The rich and the powerful and the well-connected or tight with the judges, and they'll just take your land away in your houses and things like that. And the Gemara even has stories from Baishani, where, um, what do you call it? Um, who was it? Betard. He used to uh, trap the, the, uh, uh, the people of Betard would go to Yushalayim. It's in Yushalmi, I think, in, in Tainus, I think. And uh, let's put it this way. The real estate sharks in Jerusalem, the Bulgatin, would get a hold of them. And by the time it's over, they will steal their land. You can look it up. Uh, which means that there's no justice. Okay? Now, Yagam Vanocha. And therefore, I'll tell you again, it fits like a glove. 
Hashiva Shotinik Varashen Riyatsinik Hatchila, Hasim Mimini Yagoanecho, Umloich Aleinu Atashem Levadecho. That's the words of Shmuel. Hashem Alkechem Alkechem. Melochlein, enough with the king, we made a mistake. Return the judges, and you, God, be the king, because Bas of Adam is not good for a king. Balchus based David or Shmovit, it's not good. It ain't working out most of the time. So, it seems to me, Kimadumani, that you have in the Shmonesri, there's a guess, you have in Shmonesri, Sridim from old, old, old. It doesn't make sense what I'm saying. And when they, in the Second Temple period, when they formally made prayers, they took an old text and incorporated it into what we call the Shmonesri. That's what I think. Now, again, I could be wrong, but it just fits to me like a glove. You understand? Now, alternatively, you know if that goes to such a wild shot, but then when is it coming from? I mean, let's put it this way. When the base of Mishra was destroyed, they would ask to rebuilding the temple. Okay? Or something like that. That's a prayer for the temple. What happens with the judges? They had judges in the time of the Gemara, the Mishnah and all that. Didn't they? I mean, let me be clear. You had a Sanhedrin that went on way after the base of English. So if you're living, for argument's sake, in time, Rabbi Kiva or something like that, or Rabbi Meir or Rabbi Nasi even, what's Pshat Hashim Shev Tehnik Varashen Rabbi Nasi, he, you know, he, him and those guys are running basins. And they were from people. One hopes that they were honest. One imagines they did not provide of our corrupt system. So what are you... So who is it? Shmuel Akatna or somebody? is making up a, out of nowhere the paragraph The only thing you can do, it seems to me, is to say, well, um, it's a very late origin. Maybe it's when the Sanhedrin was destroyed by the Romans. That would be really late. The Sanhedrin was destroyed by the Romans in the middle of the 4th century, we think. That's what it sounds like. You know. Um, the, the Gemara and the Barisis are earlier. So, where's it coming from? You see? Now, if you want to, maybe you can say, I don't know, from the Hanukkah period, when the Greeks suppressed Jewish life. I don't know. It sounds to me more... I mean, it could be any of those. But by its reason... Sounds to me the, the the best, even though it would be strange that we've been including something which had its origins three thousand years ago. I say three thousand years ago, we're close to it. Now, that's at the level of trying to understand where this comes from, but the level of understanding the meaning of it, relevant nowadays, is very interesting because the language is ambiguous and can be read. In two ways, as Hebrew often can. Hashiva Shotenik Varashona can mean today, in the year 2022, you and I don't have a Sanhedrin or anything like that. The Basin's unfortunately something of a joke. And so, compared to what it was. So, Hashiva Shotenik Varashona, return our judges, our Mishpat system, Kivarishona, said it is like it used to be. Okay? Um, in which case, you're bemoaning the fact that there were no basins or anything, and you want, you're asking God for a return. 
this is supposed to be so bothersome then that we have Yogam Vanocha. And you're praying to God, Yogam Vanocha. Even though those are two heavy statements. Uh, what is the meaning of Yogam and Anocha? Hold on. Since it's the month of El, so I think of Yogam and Anocha reminds me of the Ben Yonah, Shari Chuba. One minute. Here, the beginning of Shari Chuba, or Shlishi, you know, he has all these things you need for for his process of tshuva. Yogan is yishtonen kil yosov v'yachshav kama roa mi shehimras yotro. Internal pain, I guess. Right? Yishtonen kil yosov. Your kishka should turn over when you think how bad it is that you sinned. Right? V'yagdil yogan belvava v'sar meschol barayinov. So in other words, you're majorly depressed to use modern terminology. V'yagdil yogan belvava in his heart meaning in his mind. He's magdil, the, the pain, the yogam, the anguish. And you're actually suffering from a storm of depression. Right? Depression not even the word. A storm of negativity. Okay? He goes on to say, if we go to that there's different levels, you know, and you can have a lot of yogam. I mean, you say it every day three times a day. You probably don't think about it. And anocha is definitely what you say when you can't take any more. Right? When did that happen? They said, we can't, you know, they said, we reached the limit, we cannot take any more. And they were not lying. When the Bnei Yisrael said, the next line is, that immediately after they said that, Hashem began the process, PDQ, to get him out of there. Okay? And you're saying every day, three times a day, those are two phrases. Because we don't have the basins? I don't know. It's, 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 it's like it's like overkill. Right? Unless you say, that you're complaining gufa about the fact that the basins are no good. Right? Not according to what they should be. That's that's a better way of putting it. Hashiva Shoptenikavarishona. We won't show them like he used to be. That were, you know, renowned for getting it right, honesty, I don't know, whatever whatever the, the, the positive terms are. Um Very interesting. The Oatsim are advisors. People offer you counsel, as we call nowadays a baleza. Ain't too many balezas out there. Someone who's smart enough to advise you, you know, in the right way, where it's good for you, not too many. Being a big rabbi or Tom Chacham does not make you a balitza. I think many know that, and you know many do not know that. So you think if somebody knows how to learn very well, that means they're a good balitza. I won't say that one has nothing to do with the other, but one is not certainly not identical with the other. Okay? And I've known very smart people that if it comes to aces, oh my, <laughs> simple. Ask him what to do and then do the opposite, you know. <laughs> uh, because being a yo ace needs a lot of pickles and life experience and understanding of things in a, a human condition. If you're rigid or stuck up, or better yet, if you lack self-confidence and then you try to hide it with a show of bravado, which is often the case, you ain't giving a good advice. You're giving good advice for you, yourself, what you perceive to be your own advantage. 
A yoes is somebody who has to do it for the for the person who's asking's advantage. It's just not so common. What can I tell you? Uh, and the lack of of balayitza leads to yagavanachah. That I totally hear. That's easy, right? Because people have trouble in life. You know, ever since I do this podcast, I get a lot of letters and emails from all the world and people with their tsars, and they are tsars. I mean, you know, I'm saying that respectfully. Uh, there's a lot of tsars out there. And they're not asking me for aces. They're just, you know, sharing. Uh, but believe you me, those, those type of people, I'm not giving any names, I'm not giving any details. It's none of your business. But let's put it this way. They need baleta. Somebody has this issue with his family, the kids, the spouse, the school, the tuition, the guy next door, the kid that molested, you know, a thousand things. You need a baleta. You need somebody to offer you good advice. That's why they pay big bucks to lawyers. But I'm not talking about that kind of advice, which is, you know, technical. I'm talking about advice, the best way to proceed in life. And in the absence of that, you get yoga manacha. It's just very powerful to me. I don't think most people recite, I mean, I could be wrong, of course. I think most people don't recite thinking through that you're asking Yagavanacha, because whoever wrote it, composed it, says that Chlai Yisrael in its current motto is in Yagavanacha. Maybe they know it. Maybe they're too dumb to know it. It's possible to be too dumb to know it, meaning from Saurus. It's what we call Shchuras Belomiyoyin, the prophet Isaiah. Right? Shchuras, I think it's this week's Haftarah. Shchuras Belomiyoyin. You can have so much Saurus in life that you're drunk, so to speak, and you don't have the ability to think well and think clearly, and you desperately need that. You understand? What we need in life more than anything else, possibly, is a good balitza. Someone to offer you practical. It's not necessarily identical with from, although I'm not talking about something that's anti-from, but, you know, it's got to be that somebody will say, in this situation, in that situation, you have to do this and this. Um... The, uh, I mean, I know this story and that story. I'm not going to spend time telling stories, but you know, after the Holocaust, I because I grew up among survivors. You know, they would go to this rabbi, that rabbi. Some of them got it right, some of them didn't get it right. And some would tell them, you know, you have to do this, that, and the other, which ordinarily they wouldn't do, but in their matzav, they have to do it. If you read the Yisrael Salander stories and all kind of things, you see that sometimes he went out of character because of the necessity of the person, right, and. I'm I'm just going to make something up. He might say to this person, I don't want to ever see you in a movie theater. He might say to somebody else, you should go to movies. You see what I'm saying? Based on the matzah of the person and the and the situation and a hundred other things like that. So that's called Yawatsenik Vatchila. That we look back to a time in which we got good aces. I'm not saying we listen to them. As a matter of fact, again, this fits like a glove. Who was the big Yoates in the paragraph I just described before? The prophet Samuel. He was giving of his advice to the Jewish people to back off from their request for a monarchy. That's exactly what he was doing. He said, I'm not stopping you, right? But I'm just being Yoates you, Miyaits you. Back off because if not, you'll come to regret it. And he gave his reasons, which were true and sound and came true. So, Having 
learned the lesson of ignoring uh, good advice, we pray every day, send us another advisor, this time we'll listen. Because believe you me, the Jews made a big mistake switching for a king. That's the whole meaning of the story. And what happened? The Jewish people came there to Israel and Tommy Yeshua Nun. As we say in English, they took over a going concern. Batim Toba Shalom Benisa, Sesim Natata, and so forth, Krumim Natata. Took over a whole big prosperous business, and they ran the doggone thing to the ground. It took them about eight centuries, but they ran the whole thing into the ground. And they ran it into the ground, not totally because they had kings, but it's a major part of it. Because if you study the, the period of the kings, you'll see the kings themselves led the charge into Avodazor. And at the end, Menashe, the king of Yehuda, is the one who addicted the Jews. It says those words. I'm going to go and look for it. It says Menashe addicted the Jews to idolatry, so they couldn't get out of it even when they wanted to. Because once you're hooked on something, it's almost impossible to get out of it. It's theoretically possible, but Lemaisa, it's almost impossible. So when a person reads this paragraph every day, recites it, it's a very thought-provoking one. And it raises the question, for example, what's the story with Mishpat nowadays, with Basins, all the rest of it? We have a lousy system in America. It should be Israel. I don't know about Israel. And seeing people just get defensive. It's supposed to be that every Kehillah organizes itself as a Kehillah, and then they have like a elected board of directors of some sort or another, and they choose Dayanim, and the Dayanim themselves can be up for re-election or not, and they don't get angry at you if you criticize the Dayan if you have a reason. And, you know, the fact that you come up for... for, for uh, you know, public evaluation is a good thing, keeps everybody straight and honest. And that way, you have a, a system of answers to the public, and the public answers to the system. We don't have that. I guess in America, maybe, because of separation of church, state, you can't have it, but there's nothing stopping Kehillahs and communities from really organizing themselves along the lines I just said. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. So, that's sad. We've worked out in America... Pretty well, the shuls, even the schools, you know, with all the trouble that the schools have, we haven't worked out, the, you know, uh, as the, I forget who said it, Amud Hamishpat Lokoi, you know, um, it's not the same thing as having an article in the in, in the, in, in the uh, Mishpacha magazine or whatever. I mean, basins of the old type, uh, not that they were perfect, we don't have, and that's a shame. The author of the Shemonesi would say it's Yagamanacha. I don't think we're so sensitized to that anymore. I don't think we feel a Yagamanacha. I think we feel it's what it is, you know. Comes to the subject base and you get kind of a little cynical. The cynicism itself is the Yagamanacha. Anyway, that's what I think. Uh, like I said before, I just shared you my guess, my feeling that we may possibly here have the oldest layer, historically speaking, of the entire Shemonesi which is very interesting, because we pray for a Mashiach, who'll be a king, the idea being he'll be a king not of the old type, you know, the bad type, he'll be a good type. Okay, but then how's the Hashim Shoftim, how's the Shoftim going to work out? Um, it's notorious in Parsha Shoftim, there's no clarity over, um, what's, the, what's the right word, the checks and balances, the relationship uh, between the different branches of the government. 
you have Shoftim Shotim, you have a Melech, you have El Akoin It's not clear, unless you say that they all represent different alternatives. But that's a schmooze that'll take us too far apart. So let me just go and say um, that it's it's a part of the Shemun that uh, probably repays uh, some uh, scholarly study. That's what I would say. Anyway, once again, I want to thank Mishpacha Stefanski um, for actually wanting to uh, do something about uh, Tefillah Mamish. And I wish everybody a good Shabbos. Okay. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidovidkatz.com.